It's six o'clock. It's Friday night. It's time for the happy hour, the happiest hour of two hours of comedy that exists on the radio in San Francisco and beyond. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we have a really small list tonight, but that's okay. Uh, and at, because it's a small list as a group, we can decide, do you want to do five-minute sets instead of four-minute sets? Are we okay with that as a group? Okay, so you'll hear a horn at four minutes, and I'll honk on a punchline. I always honk on a punchline. I try. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll do five-minute sets tonight because it's a really short list. It's like... 13 full and at 14 including me so we got time uh yay that's exciting this um this sunday is comedy day that's exciting too everybody should go out to robin williams meadows in golden gate and check that out and i don't know who's on it they haven't published a list of any kind lauren are you on it you're not on it i'm surprised uh so hey marina you made it that's so exciting she really rushed to get here. Marina Petrova, she's rushing in. She's rushing in. Do you see how she's rushing in? Ha! She's rushing. Oh, you're ready to go up? You're going to do it. She's there. She's ready. You missed the point because there's so few of us tonight. You actually get five minutes. So I know you're like a super writer and you have lots and lots of punchlines. So that means you get a whole extra minute of your amazing punchlines. She's really, she really writes jokes, dudes. Um, put your, put, she's got the notebook to prove it. Your first comedian of the night, everybody. Clap your hands wildly for Marina Petrova. Yay! Uh, I'm from Russia. You're that country where women have more rights. Uh, like the right to be punched in the face by a man as he performs the abortion. Uh, I've been in the US for 10 years now, and you Americans really hate Russians. Uh, yeah, I got used to it. I, start, I started hating myself a little bit. Uh, this year, I hated myself so much that I became an American. <laughs> the whole, I do the whole thing, I have a gun, uh, I wear, yeah, I wear sweatpants um, and uh, I stopped washing my hands. Uh, <laughs> recently, <laughs> my therapist uh, talked to me about ending the latest relationship. I told her, I don't even know who you're dating. She said, no, your relationship. I said, I'm perfectly happy with Jason Momoa. You know, he's low maintenance, doesn't take up closet space, and the sex in the shower is good. It's just that he's made up. <laughs> uh, you know, my friends keep giving me dating advice, and they say, um, you want to go to a guy's place on the first date to make sure he doesn't have 1,000 dolls or another creepy stuff like that? And I, I'm like, why do I have to go check if the guy has a thousand dolls or another creepy stuff like that? But I am concerned about safety when dating like many people. So uh, a few years ago, I thought, who's the safest person I can date? And I ran into this guy who's a Mormon virgin. Uh, <laughs> um, and 
he invited me to his place on the first date. Uh, let's go play video games. I was like, sure, I feel safe. Uh, I came to his place and he was like, I want to go to the bathroom. I was like, that sounds normal. Uh, let's check. Do you're, you're a man. Do you go to the bathroom? Yeah. Go to the bathroom. That's normal. Uh, he goes to the bathroom and then I turn my head and I see uh, in this, it was evening, in the doorway, a figure in white clothing <laughs> from head to knees and with a dick hanging out. <laughs> and I have to say, I haven't seen chastity underwear before. So I froze. I thought I saw a ghost, like some sort of Casper with a <laughs> black pubic hair and, and a small dick. <laughs> so I was thinking, what should I do right now? Uh, I, I noticed he has a Book of Mormon on the coffee table. So I was like, maybe there is a call, like a number I can call, like a customer support. Uh, there wasn't any. I called 1-800-MEET-ROMNEY. I was like, <laughs> Mr. Romney, uh, one of your virgins is broken. What should I do? Uh, by the way, is there a product manager for the chastity underwear? Uh, I don't know if you realize, but there's a hole for fucking <laughs> in it. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, he also has a coffee table. That's a sin, as far as I know. Um, then, uh, oh, I did a very smart thing during quarantine. I got myself a quarantine boyfriend. Marina, everybody had a quarantine boyfriend. I had a quarantine boyfriend who had toilet paper. <laughs> Marina, everybody had a quarantine boyfriend who had toilet paper. I had a quarantine boyfriend who had toilet paper and he didn't use it. <laughs> he, was he would just show his dirty chocolate starfish to the roll <laughs> and put it back. <laughs> um, he was Armenian and um, uh, in Russia, where I'm from, Armenians, there are a lot of taxi drivers who are Armenians. Who he, so uh, when he said, let's role play, let's role play a taxi ride, I said, sure. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, I don't have any money to pay for this ride. Uh, and he said, and you don't have a phone to call your mommy and daddy? <laughs> don't worry, I have a big hairy lollipop <laughs> for you. I said, you're not playing taxi. What you play is called pedicab. All right, that's all I have. <laughs> Marina Petrova, everyone. Clearly, she is an undercover spy with those glasses on. Your next comedian, obviously a spy with his name. Marcello, it's you. You're up second. Yeah, oh yeah. Put your hands together, everybody, for Marcello. Yay! All right. I got all my jokes written on the inside of these glasses, so I'll keep them. Um, I, I used to be in a band, and... Uh, we have a couple of records, but uh, I lost all my copies. So when I want to listen to them, I got to go online. And they're on Spotify, but I don't have Spotify. So I have to like illegally download my own records. So I don't know where I'm at legally. So I just set up a jar on my counter. And then whenever I listen to them, I put a dollar in. And I thought I had myself covered with that, you know, from a legal standpoint. But 
Then I started having to write myself cease and desist letters. They're just like, Marcello, your downloading is really hurting the artists. Marcello, your downloading is killing the industry. So I'm afraid if I keep going the way that I'm going, it's gonna be the first suicide by downloading. <laughs> All right, I wrote that while I was walking over here. Um, so yeah, let's, let's just slip into the, take a lithium and slip into the bathtub of these jokes right here. Um, you know, like doing comedy is really stressful, so it's like important that we all figure out ways to de-stress. So I like to go camping. You guys like to go camping? Yeah, man, I like pack up my whole apartment and then I drive 10 hours into the woods, uh, into the nature, and then I pack it all back up and I go back to my house. You know what, I went back to my house last weekend and I was thinking, man, I live in nature here. And then I get in my apartment and every inch is just packed with house plants. And I'm like, man, what am I even doing? But, and I could even tell like my house plants are happier than the plants that I saw in nature because I play music for my house plants, you know? And sometimes if I play particular songs, I can, I can see them smiling at me. So I know they're happy. But being so in touch with nature, it's like, it's kind of difficult now because if I sit down to eat a side salad, I hear I can, I swear I can hear the leaves screaming as I crunch up their little bones. <coughs> and then all my houseplants are just looking on laughing. <laughs> it's really dark stuff, man. It's really chilling. It's really hard to get through the night with, with all of this stuff going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, my, the leaves, they just laugh because they're houseplants, man. They know, they know we can't eat them. They know we can't eat those plants because we only eat specific plants, you know? And they know that they're not them. It's like if our top scientists could just get on this one issue, like I go outside all the time and I see tons of leaves, man. If we could just figure out how to eat all the plants, we could solve world hunger like that. <laughs> All right, anybody like to eat all the plants, man? I could get a rake, and I could just start a pile-to-table cuisine, man, and that would be fucking amazing. You guys would love that. And then also, like, think about this. Then my weed whacker would also be a blender. Anybody, okay. Um, what else? Yeah, we could eat all the leaves. That'd be great. Um, anyway, uh... Yeah, but you guys into the, you guys following that Little Mermaid scandal? There's like a big Little Mermaid thing going on, man. And that has me thinking, man. You know, like, what do fish drink? You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm pretty sure it's not water. You know, it's like, what could it be, man? It's like, I drink water and I'm in air. Do the fish? drink air man because i'm pretty sure they can't because it's super wet down there <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's super wet underwater guys and that's what i'm trying to tell you we need to think about this stuff we need to get our top scientists on the leaves and the water anyway thank you i'm marcello marcello it's wet down there guys if i had a nickel wow my life would be much different all right, your next comedian is new to the room. That's very exciting. I think they're here. Put your hands together for Allison Trang. Yay! 
Hi, everyone. So I recently got out of a six-year relationship. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and my ex and I, we actually parted ways on what would have been our six-year anniversary. And on that day, he gave me what he called a parting gift. It was a pair of AirPods with our anniversary date, 5-21-16, engraved on the case. And at first I was like, I don't know, like, I don't want anything to do with these, right? Like, everywhere I go, I'm going to see 5-21-16, 5-21-16, 5-21-16. What was my anniversary date again? All right, 5-21-16. But the thing is, after I started using those AirPods, I knew that I had made the right decision to break up. Because in our six years together, I never loved my ex as much as I love my AirPods. <laughs> I mean it. I can't go anywhere without him. Like, what else is going to drown out my thoughts? <laughs> if I had to choose between my family and the AirPods that my ex gave me, I would choose 5-21-16 every single time. May 21st is no longer the anniversary date of my ex and I's relationship. It is the anniversary date of the day that I got my first pair of AirPods. <laughs> now that I'm single, I have a lot more time on my hands. Uh, so um, I tried watching VR porn for the first time. <laughs> I got access to a VR headset. Like, I had to. I was curious. <laughs> and for all of you judging me, get off your high horse, OK? Because we've all wondered. <laughs> so let me tell you. <laughs> VR porn, it's way too graphic for me. <laughs> you see, because it's this full frontal view, right? And it's this close to your face. And the thing is, with VR, you can't look away. You can't avert your eyes, right? Because the headset, it's stuck to your head. And so everywhere you move your head, no matter where you look, you're like, ah, the penis, right? Everywhere you look. The pussy follows. <laughs> it's too much, right? Like, it leaves nothing to the imagination. Because, like, back in the Bridgerton days, right? Like, you could just flash a little bit of skin, and grandmamas everywhere would gasp, like, <gasps> right? And then handsome men with mutton chops would feel their noble steed arouse, and they'd cry out, my honor is hanging by a thread. But now, we're desensitized to everything, right? Like now I could go walk outside butt-ass naked and the first person to see me would be like, eh, better in VR. I told my dad this VR porn joke and he was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I was kind of offended, right? I was like, what is there to not get? Uh, so I showed him a video clip of people laughing at it. <laughs> Um, and he responded in true fatherly fashion, right? He, he goes, nice job, uh, but you should speak slower and emphasize your points more. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, I take feedback well, right? Like, you make a good point, right? So how about this? Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding, like, I'm brave, but I'm not that brave, right? Like, <laughs> my dad would have yeeted me to another dimension. Uh, I'm allergic to everything, like dairy, nuts, eggs, legumes, men, you name it. 
Uh, but I refuse to carry an EpiPen. Because EpiPens are this long and they're this wide. They're too cumbersome to carry around, right? Because I know some of you are doing the math right now. And let me tell you, it's probably bigger than your dick. Uh, and the thing is, if you think about it, <laughs> EpiPens and dicks, they're not that different, right? Uh, for the men in the room, right? They're dick-shaped objects and they don't fit that well in your pants. And for the women in the room, you stab yourself with them. They last only for about a year, or in my case, six. And they shoot liquid into you to bring you life. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! Keep your hands clapping, everybody. For Allison Twang, yay! Here, if anyone wants to know, this is an EpiPen. Here it is. This is the size and the shape of an EpiPen. I'm also allergic to everything. If you get stung or something happens to you, Allison, I got your back. Look, I got my pin on me. Like, it, it is. It's like a tiny dildo. It's like, it's like when they stick the speculum in you to take your pap smear, and they're like, don't enjoy this. Uh, it's just small enough to not enjoy. Uh, but she was j uh, just small enough to enjoy. Everybody, uh, she was lovely. Everybody, clap your hands again together for Allison. Yay! Just want to let you know you're safe here. There's a lot of nuts on stage, so just and there's a lot of nuts in this room, but you're safe here. So don't don't get hit. She's getting hit on. Uh, you're no, it's okay. I'm joking, but there are nuts on stage, so be careful. So I have the epipen just in case, because that whole buffet up there absolutely nuts, uh, and so many balls in this room. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to suck dudes' balls. Did, when did that happen? Uh, 2002. Your next comedian. So excited that she's here. So excited for all of the incredible things happening to her. She was just on the punchline. She was just at Cobb's last night. And yeah, I know, I know what she was. And she was on the punchline last Wednesday. She's killing everyone. And she was on the Verity Club this just this last Wednesday. She's murdering it all over town, everybody. Lauren Kraut, yay! Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I saw a guide today on the bus jump out the side window before the stop, we were parked, we were coming down um, McAllister and we were waiting for the light, it was crowded, and he just, all of a sudden he got up and come, comes, over, comes over to the side, steps up on the seat, opens the window, that's the ex, um, emergency exit window with the red handles, and he jumps out, and then he runs down the street and the bus driver's going, looking in the mirror going, what the hell? There's no joke there. That was just a weird thing that happened. Um, a long time is relative, isn't it? A long time can mean different things to different people. Like, what does a long time mean to you? Three or four years. Yeah, that's a long time. What does a long time mean to you? Ten years. Okay. Six years. All right. It could be it could be depending on what you're waiting for, right? It could be 10 minutes, it could be 10 years. But what is the shortest amount something could be considered a long time? You ever think about that? Does anybody have any answers? No? An hour, yeah. That's a, that's a long time, and especially if you're like, you have to pee or you're hungry and you, that's a long time. I think um, I wanted to say that uh, it's all relative. And if you have 
Aunt Muriel and Uncle Bob in front of you, then it's all relative again, because it's Aunt Muriel and Uncle Bob. And you could use them as a measurement of time. Like Uncle Bob is tall, so it could be a long time, because it's an Uncle Bob time. Or it's a short time, because Aunt Muriel is short and squat. So, well, she's not squat, but she's short. So it could be an Aunt Muriel amount of time. And people would know what you mean, right? When I say, oh, I, I had to wait for the bus, it was a Uncle Bob long amount of time. No? All right. Well, we're working on that. You like that? Oh, thank you. Okay. I dedicate that to Aunt Muriel and Uncle Bob. I have a system for making my toast in the morning. And as you can guess, it's very OCD. I get out the bread, the peanut butter, and the jam, and I put them on the counter. The peanut butter goes on the left. The jam goes on the right. That's just the way it is. The toast, when it goes, the bread goes in the toaster. When it comes out, the peanut butter goes on top, and the jam goes on top of that. If anybody's putting the jam on the bread first and the peanut butter on top of that, they're just crazy and they don't belong here. <laughs> then you cut the toast in half and you always, always, always eat the right side of the toast first. These are the traditions of my people and I do not question them, nor should you. All the troubles in this world can be traced back to fuckers like you eating the left side of the toast first. Cut that shit out. I mean it. Breakfast is the most important meal because it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Don't be setting the wrong tone. I have it on good authority that George W. Bush ate his toast left side first on 9-11. And you know how that shit turned out. And if anybody's eating bagels or, or English muffins, it's tops and then bottoms. And if anybody's taking that in a sexual innuendo way, you're twisted. There's no hope for you. <laughs> So let's review. What side of the toast do we eat first? Very good, you're paying attention. My work is done here. I like that. The trouble with me is I still have hope. That's it, no. <laughs> I hope that someday, I, I forget the rest of the joke. Um, I trouble with me is I still have hope. Oh, fuck that joke, okay. God damn it, one minute, oh my God, no, one minute. Um, so I'm white. <laughs> I could have been a different color. The options were endless. But somebody had to grow up in a white dysfunctional home. Picture it, small town New Jersey, middle class white, young neurotic couple about to have their second child. Names already picked out. Lauren if it's a girl, if it's a boy, Lauren. Nearby, a bunch of baby boomer souls hanging out, waiting to be born. This time I want more money. This time I want more sex. And not one of those fuckers had the courage to choose my parents and become white, Jewish, anorexic, OCD with suicidal tendencies, lesbian, allergic to cilantro, yet I can kiss Mexican food, adios. And a comedian. I did this for you people. Where's my parade? Where is my parade? All right, that's my time. Thanks very much. Give it up for Pam. Hooray! It's Lauren Kraut. Yay! All right, your next comedian just found out that he's supposed to be at work tonight, and he didn't know that, and so we're going to bring him up. I'm so excited, everybody. Jared Senna, yay! Hey, guys, how are you doing? I, apparently, I have work right now. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm not prepared to go to work. I mean, I, I look like, like 
I'm not a janitor. I'm like a cook. <laughs> like, I, oh man, this is all weird, man. For like, this has been a bad day. I just got out of a six-year relationship. <laughs> I got her AirPods for her anniversary gift. I can't get it back. <laughs> not only can I not get that back, I also can't get my yellow polo back too. <laughs> Fuck. How are you guys doing? Good. How's your day? What'd you do today? What's your social security number? <laughs> do you believe in astrology? No. Oh, you seem like you do. Just. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you should be sorry. Are you a Gemini? That's why. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, enough of the crowd work, enough. Um, okay, I'm a creative writing major, I uh, just graduated. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the hardest part of creative writing is uh, telling people who I read when they ask me to read, because I do not fucking read. Yeah, they would always say some stuff like their favorite author is like Hemingway or like, or like Vince Vaughn or something. I would always say like Curtis Jackson. If you guys don't know who Curtis Jackson is, he's the acclaimed poet known as 50 Cent. Yeah, he has a lot of hits like In the Club. You might hear it uh, uh, in the club. He has this one quote that talks about uh, go shorty, it's your birthday. Uh, he has a lot of takes on capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> I also did not prepare a set today. <laughs> I was just going to go up. Hey, hey, hey we're having fun. <laughs> uh, I also consider myself American, too, because I also hate Marina. Uh, oh, that was too mean. Okay. Okay, hold on. I'm going to check my Uber, because I actually called an Uber over there. All right, two minutes. We got time. Okay, what else do I want to talk about? Um uh, uh, I love San Francisco. This is actually the place where I lost my virginity. Yeah, I was uh, 23 when I lost it, which is the age that I am currently. I didn't lose it late because I was afraid of getting an STD or because I couldn't get any bitches. No, I pulled. The reason why I lost it late is because I was afraid to show my disgusting, out-of-shape body next to someone naked. Okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's the person I lost it to. <laughs> yeah, uh, luckily, uh, the person I did it with, uh, she was very, she didn't judge me at all. I was really insecure going in, so she, she just sat me down and reassured me, baby, I don't care what your body looks like naked, just as long as I get the $100 you promised to Venmo me. Good night, everybody. Jared said it, yay! Sex work is real work. Hey, good luck at work tonight. He just found out that he's going to the punchline to work. Not, not to be funny. Hey, how you doing? All right. Hey, your next comedian is all the way from Boston, and it's very exciting that he's here with us. He's on a big month-long tour, and it's so exciting and so fun. Put your hands together, everybody, for Tyler Jernak. Yay! All right. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a big month-long trip. I decided to uh, take the Amtrak around the country, uh, which was not 
great with the railroad strike. It was the first time I was ever like, maybe we could just break one strike, you know, just... All right, starting off really winning the crowd over. Guys, I used to do nude modeling when I was in college. Uh, it, well, it wasn't it wasn't for like an art class or anything. It was for an economics class. Um, I did nude modeling for an economics class. The professor wanted to highlight a lack of demand. Um, trying to trying to lose weight, uh, and I know I need to lose weight because I I went to the beach last summer and I took my shirt off and. People saw my stretch marks and asked me what my tattoos meant. <laughs> Had to tell them it was a foreign language text for needs to jog more. I don't know. I've been I, a lot of people are into polyamorous relationships. I, I'm always worried about them because, like in a polyamorous relationship, you don't break up, you balkanize, and that's terrifying to me. Like, what happens if NATO doesn't support me in the breakup? I don't want to be my polycules Serbia. You know, it's. I just want to be my polycules Bosnia Herzegovina. All right, we got we got we got a lot of big Bosnia fans in the crowd. It's good to see that that joke works as well here. Do we have kinky people in the audience? Are people kinky in San Francisco? Apparently not. We all right, yeah, a few kinky people. Um, I don't know. I, I've been been trying to get more into it. I bit I found out some people like to use whipped cream in the bedroom. And I was looking into it, but I don't think people like whipped cream. I think they like the whipped cream canister. Because it's fun to, like, spray whipped cream on each other and on your partners. It's not fun if it's just a tub of Cool Whip. You know, if you just, you know, you can spray out little designs, but if it's Cool Whip, it's just... It doesn't... I don't know, it's great. Came all the way out here on the train... Uh, I've been doing a lot of new things this year. I started dating men recently. Um, yeah, well, it wasn't exactly dating men. It was just one guy. Uh, so recently, I started dating man, uh, and he actually uh, he actually didn't uh, text me back. So recently, I blew a dude, uh, which it turns out is not a sexual identity. It's just high school. Uh, I, I told my parents I was uh, I was bi. Uh, which was a bad idea uh, because I was still single. Uh, so to them, nothing's changed. I'm just double the amount of alone to them. Oh gosh, I don't know. A lot of a lot of exciting things. I'm trying trying to get better at dating. Uh, so I've been trying to trying to you know be more attractive. I've been switching from fast food to smoking. Because uh, there are sexier moves you can do with fast food that or with smoking that you can't do with fast food. Like, if you're outside of a bar, you can offer someone a light and just kind of, you know, it's cool. It gets a conversation going. It's not the same uh, with just a packet of honey mustard, just, you want a dip? Yeah. Trying a lot of new things. I, I went to an asexual bar. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a bar for people who are asexual, you know, Sex isn't part of their identity. It's not part of who they are. It's just, you know, it, it's not something that's a part of their life, and it's a great place. I would definitely recommend Buffalo Wild Wings. It was just, <laughs> there was no pressure to be sexual there. They were really, really accepting of people who are just absolutely not sexual. Oh, God, a lot of exciting things happened in my life. I moved around a lot as a kid. I was born in Texas, but I grew up in Indiana, California, Tennessee, Switzerland, Australia back to Tennessee and then up to Massachusetts. Uh, and of course, everyone's immediate question, 
What was Indiana like? All right, usually that gets more applause. Um, so like, people expect me to have weird stories, but I just, you know, I still grew up, I still went to school. I, things just were a little different. Like I got bullied, but it just changed as I moved. In sixth grade, Memphis, Tennessee, people made fun of me for being kind of fat and kind of dumb. And then I moved to Zurich, Switzerland, uh, where they still made fun of me for being fat and dumb, but then there was a geopolitical angle to it. So like kids would come up to me and be like, hey, Tyler, you big fat idiot. George W. Bush has led your nation into a never-ending war in Iraq, which was a tough thing to be bullied about. Because, like, I couldn't lose weight. Or I, like, I could lose weight in seventh grade. I couldn't tell Dick Cheney to take it down a few notches. Growing up's hard enough as it is. That's all I got for tonight. Yay! That's Tyler, everyone. He's from Boston. He's making his way around the United States doing comedy. Next, he's going to go to Portland and Seattle. And how exciting. Yay! Your next comedian runs a show down in South City at Hometown Heroes every other Wednesday. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Wally Hippolito. Yay! What's up, Muni Radio? How y'all doing tonight? It's a big fucking crowd out here. Holy shit, give a round of applause for yourselves for that. God, we fucking made it, y'all. This was a cooler week than last week, am I right? My God, last week, like, my balls fell off, like, on some real shit. Like, I didn't know that could happen without, you know, without surgery, but but it did. It did. It was a crazy week, though. The, the queen died. How do y'all feel about that? Y'all are happy the queen died. You know, I'm actually mad that the queen died because uh, this bitch really tried to colonize Thursday Night Football last week. The fucking nerve of her to die on the first day of football season, am I right? Like, Jesus Christ, like, if you're going to die, do it when the NFL isn't going on, like, on a Wednesday or a Friday or Saturday. But, like, there's a reason America, like, segregated from you guys, you know what I mean? So we can watch people bash heads on Sunday night or on Thursday afternoon, at least. Hell, yeah. I, um, I want to work on, I've, oh, shit, uh, did you guys feel the earthquake? Yeah, that was crazy, right? Like, I, I, I miss earthquake weather. I'm glad that it's back. It's a good thing, but uh, I'm reading now that earthquakes aren't like the next big disaster in California. It's actually mega floods, right? Yeah, you're shaking your head. Yeah, like so throughout the Central Valley, like cities like uh, Modesto, Sacramento, uh, Fresno, Bakersfield, they're all going to be underwater by 2030. That doesn't really sound like a disaster to me, guys. It sounds like God's doing what he said he'd do in the Bible and is getting rid of all 07 Nissan Altimas. Hell yeah. Like, and I also read recently that like California has, is ranked 48th in uh, least desirable states to live in. Like, All I want to know is who are these people and what part of Nebraska are they from? Because like, what the fuck? I mean, with California, we're not the greatest state, but like, we're, we're ranked down there with Mississippi and Alabama. That's not good. We're ranked, we're coupled up with states that you're allowed to fuck your cousin in. I don't know if that's very good, guys. I don't know if that's very good. I um I uh, might a little bit about my family. My my dad, my dad's weird. He he's not good with social cues. Like uh you know like this one time we went to a uh, to a strip club and uh he was all up in my ear. He would not get out of my ear. First thing he said to me in the strip club was like, "Hey, uh 
which one you like over there. All right, bro, get the fuck out of here. 20 minutes later, he's all in my ear again and says, hey, you got a condom? Bro, for what? What do you need that shit for? What are you doing? He's like, no, no, it's for you. It's for you. Chill. The, bro- the straw that broke the camel's back was like, okay, so this girl, she, uh, this dancer, she took a sip of beer and spit in my face. My dad leaned over and says, I think she likes you. Okay, bro, get the fuck out of here. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I, uh, my parents were in an open relationship growing up. Yeah, as in my, as in my mom openly sold drugs and my dad was openly addicted to cocaine. Yeah, it was it was a real uh, it was a real Nicholas Sparks tale. Let me say that much. Uh, damn, I, th- I thought more white people would understand that shit. But um, yeah, my mom. Yeah, my dad was some. He was really a character. He would uh, cause he would try to steal shit and sell it back to my mom. Like, come on, bro. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I'll tell you the real ruthless shit. He, uh, we went to the Philippines one time. I thought it was me and him, just a nice father-son trip. He just tried to sell me for cheaper cocaine. That wasn't the effect that I wanted on that joke. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'll probably change that up. But uh, I'll leave you with this. Um, y'all like smoking weed? Yeah, you guys should. I, love, I like smoking weed. I don't like buying it. Yeah, there's there's too many varieties these days. Like I grew up on two types of weed, y'all. It was like this. It was the shitty kind and the kind that made you think you're going too fast in a parked car. All right, y'all. I'm Wally Hippolito. That's my time. Yay! Wally Hippolito, the kind that makes you think you're going too fast in a parked car. That's very funny. Sometimes when I'm at the train station or waiting for the bus and things move too fast and I'm standing still and it's just because two cars are doing something and I'm like, I'm in a time warp, but I'm just high. Uh, That was Wally Hippolito. Yay! Go to Hometown Heroes on Wednesdays. Your next comedian, clap your hands together, everybody, for Newman Shake. What's up, guys? guys? Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I'm getting older. I've realized that. I turned 22 recently. And I've been trying to say a lot more adult words. Like, I'm saying, like, countertops and refinancing for no reason nowadays. Sometimes I'll try to be really smart with it. Like, I'll ask my friends, how's the refinancing going on your countertops? And I don't know what that means, but it sounds really smart. Okay. I um I don't know. Twenty two is a weird age. Twenty two is the age where like my dumbest friends are becoming parents. You know, like, and it's weird, man, because I have to like fake support them because I can't go to like one of my friends and be like, you know, what's the best thing you could do for a kid? Leave. That's not yeah. So now I just have to watch my friends like raise the next generation of Wendy's employees. All right, I um. I'm trying to invest in a girlfriend. Like, I think, yeah, I need to get one because I really want to try brunch. Like, that's, you know, like, that's that's the main reason. Because I'm looking at, like, my circle of friends right now, and I don't think they know what brunch is. Like, I can't I can't ask my Xanax dealer where to get brunch. You know, like, that's not appropriate. I, um, yeah, I'm either, I'm li- I either want, like, a girlfriend or a sugar mommy, and I think I can pull a sugar mommy off. Because, yeah, I'm brown, which is, like, 
exotic for white women. Yeah, and I am a lifeguard, which is like a sexier pool boy. And a more useful one, if I'm being honest. Because what's a pool boy going to do when she has a stroke in the pool? Like, fish her out with that net? No, that's not going to help her. Okay. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a Gen Zer, And I think, like, Gen Zers and, like, millennials, we're pretty much the same. Like, we're both, like, really progressive and, like, really poor. Yeah, I think the only difference is that, like, I feel like millennials grew up dreaming about buying a house only to be, like, really disappointed. And then I grew up being like, wow, I really want a dishwasher. You know, like, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I have a dishwasher. So, okay, um, yeah, I'm a, I have a weird relationship with my parents right now. Like, I can't share what makes me happy with my parents anymore. Like, I can't. I can't tell my mom, like, I'm having a really good week because I did Molly last night and didn't lose my car keys. Like, that's not appropriate behavior. I um My favorite Christmas movie is this 2001 Tim Allen movie called A Christmas with the Cranks. And if you know, uh, am I done? Okay, bye. Oh, really? Oh, I thought that was your music. I was like, damn. All right, all right. Let's go back to Christmas. Um, It's coming up, I think. My favorite Christmas movie is this 2001 Tim Allen mo movie called Christmas with the Cranks. And if you don't know what this movie is, it's this movie where Tim Allen and his wife, they decide to go on a cruise instead of celebrating Christmas. And their entire neighborhood gangs up on them and forces them to celebrate Christmas anyway. And the reason why this is my favorite Christmas movie is because it's also my favorite horror movie. Because as someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, the idea of my entire neighborhood just ganging up on me and forcing me to celebrate is fucking horrifying, you know? Like, if they put Tim Allen that... If they put Tim Allen brownface and call that movie Christmas with the Kumars, like, that would be my get out, you know? Like, it would be... <laughs> All right, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake, everyone! That's exciting. Um, our next comedian's new to the room. Everybody put your hands together for Abid Uzair. Yay! Hello, everyone. How's, how's it going? Uh, my name is Uzair, and you might have already guessed I'm an Indian. I recently moved back, moved to California, and I see there are a lot of Indians in Silicon Valley. Like, it's, like every uh, tech giant that you see, there are a lot of Indians. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing you need to know about Indians. Indians love three things. They love making babies, they love creating gods, and they love taking over white people's jobs. Now, um, I'm also a Muslim, um, but I don't have any jokes on being a Muslim because you can't make any. Uh, uh, we, love, uh, we love our cousins, but we hate cartoons and we don't like, we don't like jokes. Uh, the only safe place uh, for a woman is on Mars. The only safe place to make fun of Indians is outside India. The only safe place to make jokes on Muslim faith does not exist, dude. Um, so how are you guys doing? Good. Uh, so how are you is a very is the most common conversation starter out there. Like for any small talk, you say how are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I find it boring. I find it superficial. I think it's a lazy question. But there are times where you can't help it. You, uh, there are, I, have, I have a list of scenarios where you're compelled to ask how are you because you can't help it. So here's the list. When your introverted cousin opens his mouth for the first time in seven years. 
There's another one. Uh, when your friend, who's a straight male friend, um, has a soreness in his deep throat because after finally getting his job promotion. Um, I, it'll get dark, I promise you. When a trans woman uh, decides to sacrifice her holy foreskin for the love of God. Um, when, you f when you run into your college crush uh, and know that he she's finally single after breaking up with you. You gotta ask her, how are you? There's nothing that goes through your mind. Uh, when the husband meet, finds his uh, wife in the kitchen grinding meat and, uh, and you didn't expect him to show up so soon and you don't know what to say because all the blood is gushing through your penis and none through your brain, so you, you don't know what to say. So the best thing that you can come up with is, how are you, Mr. Smith? And then you slip this line, your bald wife is fucking beautiful. Uh, and then Will, Sm Will Smith, you know the drill, Will Smith walks up to you and slaps the shit out of me. Um, uh, there's another thing that I don't like, which is uh, taking bath. I don't like bath for some reason, especially when I have to apply shampoo. Every time I apply shampoo, uh, they magically find, uh, find their way to my eyes and those needlessly sensitive eyes start burning to death. I hate, I hate applying shampoo. The other thing being, uh, we've recently discovered how to hand, um, wash our hands thanks to the pandemic. Uh, the, the thing about um, hand wash soap is I judge hand wash soap based on the amount of lather it produces because user experience trumps uh, germs killing ability. Even bacteria don't seem to mind either because they too fancy a bubble bath. So uh, hand wash is basically a bubble bath for bacteria guys. So uh, that's been my time, thank you so much. Together, everybody, for a beat, yay! Hooray! Doing comedy. All right. We're moving right along with the list, everybody. Keep your hands clapping in a slappy like motion for Hunaid Shakur, yay! I know what you're thinking. This guy's gonna go on three times in a row. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. My name is Hunaid. Uh, my, my white name is Nate. And I moved to San Francisco during COVID because I heard everyone was leaving. And I like my landlords like I like my women. Desperate. And just like on a date, I came with a list of requests just to see what would happen. I was like, I'm only paying half. And I want the floors waxed. And I want access to the backyard. And I don't even like the backyard. I just want to know I'm the only one with access to it. Um, when I moved to SF, I already had a friend here, and he was like, when you get to SF, I'm going to show you around like a local. What I didn't know is that meant waiting around for the Muni all day, getting frustrated, driving, and then looking for parking all day. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. But I've started to like taking Muni. Um, recently I got on and I saw two old white women get into a fight on Muni, and I was like, I was looking at them, I was like, oh. I quickly realized one of them was American and one of them was British, because as a brown person, you need to know your white people. And I was just like, okay, cool. Revolutionary War reenactment, we get some, we get some entertainment on this Muni. Um, and then the American one punches the British one. These are old white women, and she falls in slow motion and hits the floor of the bus, and she's like, I can't believe you hit me, man. And I was just like, I need to step in. Not in my city, this isn't gonna happen. So I stepped in, I was like, hey, you need to apologize. You can't just misgender people like that. 
I tried. Um, I'm 50% of the brown population at my work. So if for, for those of you struggling, uh, that means my work is racist. Um, but I don't know what was going through the head of my CEO, like, oh, we hired one brown person, we should hire a second because I heard they get lonely if they're not in pairs. And they recently started doing some DNI stuff, and if you don't know what that means, it's when a bunch of executives get in a room and they talk about how to make things diverse, but not too much. Um, and I attended one of these meetings, and they like to start it off with, hey, why don't we go around and just say something we did to fight racism in our daily lives? And it gets to me, and I was like, I've been fighting racism for most of my life, because I've only dated white women. And not because I wanted to, I had to. Um, because I learned early in high school that for some reason racist white relatives loved me and I could convert them and so it just felt like I had a duty to solve racism that way. And my girlfriend didn't understand that. She was like, Kunaid, like, why are you still on all the dating apps? And I was like, racism, babe. Like, it's not over. I still, <laughs> I still gotta solve it. And that's when I realized I was still on mute. Um, so I unmuted myself, and I, I was like, I'm not going to repeat that. So I just said, uh, I report all Michael Jackson videos on YouTube because it's racist that his videos are still up, but R. Kelly's is taken down. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everyone. Hooray. That was lovely. Uh, I'm uh, messing with the list a little bit, little bit because your next comedian has to get to Milk Bar because he has some shows tonight. Put your hands together, everybody, all the way from who knows where. Dwat Mai, yay! Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Pam, one more time, putting together the show, huh? <laughs> Pam, Pam babysits and smokes weed and forgot that she got fired three weeks ago. Pam, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, hey, uh, you look like my cousin. Let's get married. No. <laughs> Anyways, hey, uh, let's talk about things that I wrote down on a piece of paper. And I want to say that uh, sometimes I, I hang out with people who used to beat me up. My parents. Yes. All the bracing without the embracing. Dad, no. Shut the fuck up. Mom, help. Shut the fuck up. I couldn't turn to anybody. Auntie, I'm so glad you shut the fuck up. All my life was like that. So I read a lot. I uh, was reading a book, and uh, this book said that you can burn books, but you can't burn ideas. And I thought, yeah, but you can stab people in the head. <laughs> Any more ideas? <laughs> I didn't think so. Uh, I, I, was, I was reading, uh, and I like reading. That's, that's why I like Spanish, because they put exclamation points at the beginning of sentences. I'm tired of reading an English sentence and going, oh, that was supposed to be read with more excitement. Now I gotta read it again. <laughs> right, one thing I've never seen in, in Spanish is the exclamation point question mark combo. It makes me think that Spanish speakers aren't allowed to be excited about their own ignorance. Donde esta la biblioteca? Where is it? I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, hey, I figured out why seafood tastes so good. It lives in a salty ocean. It was born marinating. If I'm ever rich, my swimming pool filled with barbecue sauce, and then I'm going to toss a whole bunch of cows in there. Then you come over, you're going to see me with a big stick going, Betsy, get back. <laughs> Can't go climb. That's, that's why I think fish in the river should not be considered seafood. 
Do you want some freshwater trout? No. Do you want some sea bass? Yeah. Do you want some salmon? It lives in the ocean, but it dies in the river. Oh, go away. I can't think. Leave me alone. Hey, my doctor told me that I got to cut down on uh, red meat, and, uh, and I thought about it. And I think I like how eating red meat could kill you because the animal's dead, but it never gave up. I don't think you're supposed to eat anything that can make faces, you know? Like a chicken, a fish, you chop the head off, it's the same face that it was making when the head was attached, right? But, you know, you hit a cow, it makes a sad face, and you go, oh, I, I better not mess with you, you know? Because, anyways, hey, uh, I was thinking about Japanese people and then Germans and uh, Italians, you know? Like, what's up with World War II losers and making excellent cars? We said, you're not allowed to make any more weapons. They said, fine, our cars are going to kill more people than the war. <laughs> Notice that none of them make airplanes, right? Only the winners make airplanes. If you ever see like a Mercedes-Benz airliner, it's time to fake an injury and dodge the draft. So you got to watch out for that. Anyways. Ah, let's see what else does this list tell me to tell you guys. Oh, um, oh you know, I, I want to tell you guys that... Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I like hiking. Love trees. I was hiking. I saw a bunch of dead trees still standing. Amazing. I was like, hey, what if people were like that? I'll take a bunch of them and then I'll build a log cabin. Then I'll be like, well, why, why is everybody facing inwards? I'm lonely. Okay. I used to have a family, but now they are part of the wall. Anyways, hey, if you guys laugh and you guys enjoyed some of my jokes, please uh, consider making a donation to the Children's Orphanage of Vietnam. My son lives there. Thank you. Well, bye, everyone. Go see him tonight at Milk Bar. Hooray. Your next comedian. I'm so glad they're back out on the scene. I've, I've missed him so much. Um, put your hands together, everybody, for Riley Chignot. Yay! Oh, I like that. Thanks for the happy music. Hello, everyone. It's been a minute. I'm back. Um, I know, I am so excited to be back. I've been a little depressed. Um, I'm Riley Chagnot, and this is the first 48 hours that I was in France. Uh, get into it. Um, so this is my first time traveling abroad. Never done that before. Uh, didn't know what to expect. I flew Air Canada and realized that half of the plane was falling apart because the staff found out halfway through. Um, the like the seatbelt like ding noise was going off the whole time and it felt like a mental trick. Like, I felt like I was getting tested by the gods. Um, I finally uh, land in France, and I thought that jet lag didn't apply to me, because I thought I was better than jet lag, and so I decided to take not one, not two, but three Adderalls to counterbalance my American. Was I raging? Was I rampaging? Yes, I was. I, when I say that there was no white in my eyes, there was no white in my eyes. I was over here like, I'm in France. We're doing it big. Um, oh, it was bad. Um, my, so I didn't realize that you're supposed to have like a, like a European SIM card. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like when you travel abroad, like your phone doesn't work. So I said, fuck that, I'm not paying for that. My brother like calls me at like our hotel and goes, meet us up, like meet me up here. I'm like, all right, say less. I leave my phone, because I'm like, that's chump change, I don't need it today. Um, so I'm walking through France, not knowing anything, I don't know the language, 
and then I realize that I give up halfway through and decide to get belligerently drunk, as any American does when they get frustrated. You just get belligerently drunk and go, yeah, fuck it. So I um, was walking through and basically I didn't realize that like French men are like weird. Like European men have their own style of hitting on people, which is aggression. Like I was approached hammered by a man that just was like, we kiss? And I was like, do you want to hear my voice? Like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And he goes, American, and then walked away. And I was like, I was like, actually, it's Adderall, bitch. What's up? Get into it. Um, <laughs> but I was trying to live my, like, Madeline fantasy, apparently. I didn't realize that movie resonated with me so much as a kid, but apparently it really did. I decided while drunk to walk seven miles to the Eiffel Tower at three in the morning. I, I don't know, by myself, by the way. Um, do I have a phone for directions? No, I fucking don't. I'm like, I'm gonna follow the way of the signs. Again, can't, we can barely read English, <laughs> let alone French, fuck it. Was I determined? Yes, I was. I felt like a little schoolgirl that got left. But I'm like rampaging through. I find this man that's like, do you wanna buy this bottle of champagne on the sidewalk? I'm like, absolutely. That sounds <laughs> completely logical in my, in my like, perception of walking. I finally get to the Eiffel Tower and I'm like, this shit's not even on. What the fuck is this? Uh, it was under construction. So you know what I did? Sat there and drank my uh, champagne, street champagne, and realized that I had a pee. And what do Americans do? We piss outside. <laughs> so I said, you know what's even smarter? Peeing on the Eiffel Tower. So I walked up to the Eiffel Tower and peed on it. And then a cop was like, you can't, you can't do that. And I, but the, <laughs> and the, well, no shit, you can't do that. Like, like, no duh. But the whole time I'm like, I don't, bonsoir, bonjour. And they're like, oh, girl. But um, I'm very happy to be back. I've been working a lot of doubles in the city at bars, which basically means I'm forced to talk to all of you guys when you're drunk. And it fucking sucks. Oh my God. Um, I'm actually on a double right now. I do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I do doubles at bars. And I've never realized the true patience of a woman like that. All right, have a good night. I do have to go to work. Bye. <laughs> Keep your hands clapping for Riley. Going to work. That was really funny and amazing. What a set. Take a, take a cookie. The cookies up there, they're all just sober cookies. There's all kinds of cookies. There's the weird little French ones that are like little cigarettes, and then there's the other little cookies, and there's little date things that are wrapped and eat some food. All right. Uh, hey, this is your next comedian. It's their first time ever on stage, which is super exciting. And um, someone hold his um, phone or something for me. Are you filming? You're fine. You're fine. Everybody, put your hands together for Chillum! Yay! Hear me? Hi. Yesterday was supposed to be my first time, but I chickened out, so let's begin today with a prayer. Just fucking around. Not that kind of show, I know. Uh, thank you, Pam. Thank you, Ashley, if you're listening. Hi, I am Chalam. That's my name. Although I'm pretty sure that's not how you say it, but I don't fucking remember how it's said anymore. But it's okay. It's okay. It's just a name. It's just a name. I mean it. I'm serious. We have to stop guilting people on how they pronounce ethnic names. 
because ethnic names are hard. There's the whole language barrier and the phonetics. Uh, it's not easy. I know my name is not easy. So I'm totally okay having a white American name. Jesus had a white name. It was Chris. <laughs> but, but I don't have a white name. Uh, I wish I did. Not for lack of trying. I tried one. Didn't pick. I don't know why. Nobody would call me by that name. I thought it was a great name. It was a uh, Jim Crow. Crow is the last name. So everyone refused to call me by that name, but no one would tell me why. So I knew there was a guy who would solve my problem, my best friend, my first ever friend in America, Thomas, Thomas Rice. So we used to call him daddy affectionately. So I went to Thomas. I said, Thomas, I have a problem. He said, what's up, bro? What is it? Anything for you. I said, listen, w why wouldn't people call me Jim Crow? He says, all right, you're new here. This is your first mistake. I'm not going to tell you why. I'm never going to tell you why. And you will never, ever bring this up again. So I dropped it. I dropped the whole idea. And didn't want to upset him. He was a sensitive guy. So you can just call me that Indian guy. And if you're upset with me, you can call me that fucking Indian guy. Trust me, it works. Like, I do it all the time. I am Indian, although I'm not sure if you really know what kind of Indian I am. Because see, in this country, there are different kinds of Indians. You know what I mean? Specifically three. I am the kind that came from India on a boat. Follow me? I got onto a boat on the shores of the river Ganges, and then I arrived on the shores of the Atlantic Ocean by Charleston, South Carolina. It took a long time. It took a very long time. I don't even know how long because I wasn't there. I took a flight. Details. But, but anyway, that's how I came to America, and I call myself Indian, Indian, Indian hyphen, Indian, which doesn't make any sense and which is also like the dumbest noun modifier because I'm using the same word to modify. Anyway, never mind. So, so I call myself Indian Indian to separate myself from Indian Americans. You know who they are? The people who look like me, but they speak like you? With no accent, amazing. But they can't fix your computer, so I don't know what the point is. Because if you're Indian and you can't fix a computer, the fuck is the point of that? Because God, I don't know if you know, God made Indians to fix computers. It's true. Look it up. It's in the Bible. I put a copy under your seats. It's like, thou shall fix thy computers, something like that. I don't speak Bible, barely speak English. So anyway, then there's this other Indians, and I have no idea who they are. I keep hearing about them, but I don't know who they are. They're called Columbus Indians, or Indian Columbusites. I have no idea who they are. So naturally, I went to the guy who would solve my problem, Thomas Daddy Rice. I said, Daddy, Daddy, what, what? You're spitting on me, Daddy. Uh, why, who are these Columbus Indians? Do you know them? Yeah. Who are they? Where are they? They're dead. What do you mean, like all of them? How? I'm never going to tell you how. And you'll never, ever fucking bring this up again, you fucking Indian.
up, everyone? Doing a call back there at the end. Very nice. Uh, moving right along, your next comedian, also their first time to the room. Clap your hands together for summer. Yay! He's totally going to get upstage me now when he comes out of the bathroom. Ugh. Hi. <laughs> okay, let's wait. Are you timing? Are you including this in my time? Just kidding. I can start. Okay. Hi. 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 Uh, my name is Summer, and welcome to me talking about what I want to talk about. This is a really big deal for me because I grew up as a people-pleasing, codependent, little shy girl. Okay? I really did. I'm not even joking. Um, and I would, like, basically be on the schoolyard, like... I can hear his pee. I can, can you, are, is this recording on the air? Can you hear it? I really wanted to open the door right then. Okay. <laughs> so I'd be on the schoolyard, like, kind of terrified. I felt like if I said anything that was at all polarizing, that it would, like, instantly mean someone is going to be mad at me and then maybe later kill me. Maybe I got that from a past life, not sure. Couple hundred past lives, maybe something like that. Anyway, so I was very shy, I was very quiet, except at home in the bathroom. Specifically the bathroom mirror. I don't know what you guys were talking about, but I would go in the mirror and I'd be like, and just like see what kind of like ugly faces I could make or with a little, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and I would be like, turn into these different characters, like, Candace, I can't believe that you would go about that business with three petticoats instead of one. Oh, darling, you know I have a little zazz for society. I don't know what was happening to me, but I would do that for like three hours. I'd go southern, I'd go deep southern, I'd go all over the place, and then I'd get out of the bathroom and be like, just like quiet and shy again. I also like had a really epic staircase in my house when I was little. There was this banister, and I pretended, I don't must have been six or seven, I pretended that I was like pregnant with twins, like super like damsel in distress, like holding on to the banister, like, ah, and then like lava pit at the bottom of the stairs, and I was just like, oh, help, help. Ah. And then in my imagination, I, there was like someone on the other side of the mountain, like a burly, like rustic mountain man with a lot of chest hair that was like on his way to save me. Meanwhile, on the other side of the mountain, like in retrospect, this is weird to me because I needed two men to save me. I had like a, um, like a knight in shining armor prince guy also. And they would like invariably like, oh, hi, hi. They would arrive at the same time and like, like, pick me up and I'd be holding my pregnant belly and they'd like take me away from the volcano. <laughs> anyway, I just love kids and how like authentic and unfiltered they are, you know? I work with them and at the preschool that I work at, sometimes we do the hokey pokey and we're like, how put your right foot in, you put your right foot in, you know what I'm saying? And then we're like, hey, what do you want to put in? And this little girl named Ari goes, let's put our vaginas in. And I'm like, just deer in headlights. And then another little boy across the circle is like, I can't put my vagina in because I don't have one. I have a penis. 
And then another kid on the other side, another girl is like, oh, I know those. My dad has one. It's really big. And I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to put our hands in, okay? Thank you very much. Keep your hands clapping, everybody. That was delightful. Summer camp, everyone. Keep your hands clapping. Everyone loves summer camp. That's literally what I do for work. I oh, is it? Your, yeah. I mean, your summer and your summer camp. Yay, summer camp. Yay. <laughs> Keep your hands clapping, everybody. We got a couple comedians left, and everybody's being funny and awesome and stuff. Uh, everybody has a Brandon. Yes. Uh, what's your name in the yellow shirt? Tyler. Tyler. I can't divulge too much, but I agree. People here are pretty regular. You know, you know what I'm saying? Very vanilla. I understand what you're saying. I thought the SF stuff for straight fucking, you know, stay freaky. Apparently not. Um, I don't know. I guess this is part of getting older. I mean, I, I realize I've been getting older because I've been uh, listening to like different types of music now, like genres. I've been listening to country music more, which I actually fuck with. I follow country music. It's not, it's not bad. It's cool. It's my shit. Uh, I, but they have typical tropes, like all music genres have, like tropes. You know, like in hip hop, it's like lean bitches and ice. And I feel like uh, one of uh, the musical tropes in comedy, or not comedy, country music, is um, they use like the metaphor for highway as sex. Because you know, it's like I'm driving down the highway. I got your pussy juice on my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> just too thick for my windshield wipers to wipe it off like that's my shit like, you know what I'm saying like stuff like that I've been listening to like more gospel music too and um you know there's like different every, everybody has like their own type of gospel music like white gospel music has like heavy like Jesus overtones but like sexual undertones too like Jesus I can feel you inside of me it's like ugh nigga you a different type of Jesus freak and black gospel music is just fantastic. Black gospel music sounds like niggas winning the lottery. It's just like every time I, I just feel like I won something when I listen to them. It's like so triumphant. Best gospel music. Uh, Asian gospel music is second, obviously. All their songs sound like theme songs to animes. I'm with it. And uh, Latin gospel music is so depressing. That shit just sounds like European colonizers uh, raping and pillaging Latin countries. <laughs> so depressing. Riley, you know, Riley was talking about how she was like went to Europe. She went to France. Uh, I went to Barcelona solo for like nine days, maybe like two years ago. Um, it was wild. I got to immerse myself in the culture, got to speak their language, eat their food. Uh, I also had sex with a prostitute out there. That was fun. Um, she was an African woman as well, so I felt really good about that because I got to support a black-owned business while I was out there. <laughs> you know, and so, sometimes I'll say that joke. And like, you know, the woman will come up to me and be like, oh my God, how could you, how could you get with a sex worker? Like, you don't respect women branding. It's like, bitch, I respect women so much. I'm willing to pay them to make sure I'm allowed to touch them. Motherfucker, I'm your ally. <laughs> uh, I know, it's uncomfortable, it's cool, it's fine. How much time do I have? One minute. Hmm. I don't know. Talked about music. Talked about sex workers. 
Hmm. I don't know. I feel like is it uh, okay? I'll say, I'll say this. Like I feel like sometimes this world can be a little uh, whimsical for me. Like remember when the Notre Dame Cathedral burned down? Government gave all that money to renovate it. And everybody was like, oh my God, how could the government do this? They could have ended world hunger, all this shit, blah, blah, blah. If Daft Punk threw a reunion concert in the Notre Dame Cathedral tomorrow, people would automatically forget how much it costs to renovate that church. That's how like capricious people, could you imagine that shit? Like Daft Punk, it'd be the one nigga, it'd be his holograph, and then it'll be the other dude. In the Notre Dame Cathedral, they start their set off with harder, better, faster, stronger. It's like, well, wait a minute, nigga, we talking about the church or the priests? Oh, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Brandon, everyone. All right. Thanks, everybody. We have a couple comedians left. Thanks for sticking around. Your next one uh, is so funny and wonderful. And uh, I w- had the pleasure of listening to his jokes last Wednesday at Baby Blue's Barbecue with his son when I propositioned his son and asked him if I could be a stepmom someday. And then I realized that would mean we'd <laughs> Anyway, uh, your next comedian, very funny. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Dash Renault. Yay! What an intro. Yes, my name is Dash Renault. My preferred pronouns are bitch and motherfucker. I don't get to use them very often, but they are the ones I prefer. I accept them interchangeably, depending on how you feel about me at the time. It is interesting, though, when cis people announce their pronouns and they're like, my pronouns are he, him, his. The inference is we don't know how to conjugate he, you know? Like, imagine how much, how taxing that must be in other languages. Me amo Dash. Mis pronombres preferidos son él, ello, usted, su, sus, suyo, suyos. I also like to say El Radio instead of La Radio. It ends with an O. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of Spanish, uh, has anyone been to the San Francisco Zoo lately? I don't know if you've been there, but they've got these signs all over the zoo that say, No moleste los animales. What's going on in the Spanish-speaking community, folks? They're not telling anyone else not to molest the animals. I asked my buddy Hector about this. He's like, no, no, it's just about bothering them. I said, Hector, it's not just bothering them. Don't molest the animals, buddy. This is, this is serious. <laughs> it's interesting. I, back when Trump was president, some guy outside of D.C. was caught speaking Spanish without an ID, and they deported him. They deported him just for speaking Spanish. Yeah, they don't warn you in school when you're choosing between Spanish and French that... <laughs> One of those options might get you deported. <laughs> the other is at most likely to get you a hand job in college. <laughs> French? Yeah. yeah, French is good for that one. But yeah, it's interesting the whole uh, empathy thing. People are always emphasizing empathy, but they're only concerned about being empathetic for people who are already kind of sympathetic. Like, where's the empathy for these grown ass men that are pissed off that we have a black little mermaid? Right? Because you think about it, at the heart of it, I'm sure you've got these guys that are reasonably frustrated. They're like, you know, I don't want to masturbate to this. I was promised a 21st century Ariel. We were going to have a whole new world of Little Mermaid. And I was expecting she'd be Caucasian. You know? 
This was supposed to be for me <laughs> as a middle-aged man. <laughs> my, my female audience is not too big on this bit, folks. <laughs> Listening at home. No, one for the ladies. Um, and speaking of Spanish, my, my girlfriend's Latina, actually. And uh, the other day I saw this guy wearing a T-shirt that says, Chill out, bro. I'm legal. Fine. <laughs> I'm totally going to have to buy this for Jessica as soon as she turns 18. Of course, now you want me to assure you my girlfriend's not 17. Of course not, folks. Come on. All I said was that she has yet to turn 18. She could be 14. I don't know. I'm not going to ask her for proof of identification. I told you. She's Latina. She's going to think I'm trying to get her deported. I'm sorry, ladies. I know not all women are comfortable with jokes about math. All right, Pam, 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 Pam Jimin, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Josh Renault. He can do math. Mm-hmm. Right, that's exciting. Yeah, Jay never showed up, huh? Cool. All right, your next comedian, put your hands together for Brett Harper Jennings. Yay! Um. Okay. Uh, I I like dating addicts. Um, I like. I really like when a guy has something going on in his life that he's passionate about. So it's nice. I. I well. I don't know. I also I like their stories a lot. Uh, they always start with details, just get vaguer and vaguer, and till it ends with something chilling. Like, we've never saw him again. It's like, oh, well, you could have if you drank less. Um, I don't know. All, I dated this one guy, uh, and all, a lot of his stories ended, all of his stories ended with, uh, and then I woke up in my own vomit. Kind of like it was the vomit's fault. Um, and, and then sometimes his stories would end with, uh, and I, I didn't wake up in my own vomit. And I was like, well, you know, most people don't even need to include that part. That's just an assumption we make. Um, I hope he's doing well. <laughs> I, my parents, uh, growing up, they would get us two presents every Christmas. Uh, they'd get us one present that was nice and one really shitty present, and it would be from Santa. Uh, and so when I found out that Santa wasn't real, I was like, well, that's a b- that was a pretty mediocre lie. Like, it was very believable. It just was weird to me that my parents were like lying about this guy who was like trying really hard and not quite making it. Okay, I phrased that better in the past. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gonna beat this dead horse. I, I just feel like um, my mom got me this one keychain. It was this Lego keychain, and uh, both the arms were broken off. And she told me years later that she'd found it on the floor of her work. And I was like, that's what Santa got me. Like, that's okay. I'll work on, I'll get back to you. Be here next week. Um, <laughs> I uh, I love eavesdropping. Uh, you learn things when you eavesdrop. I was in the bathroom, and these two girls were talking about, I believe uh, it was sucking balls. And one girl said to the other, uh, you know it's bad when you're using dick as a palate cleanser. I was like, oh, I did, don't think sucking dick is artisanal, but... It, now I know. Um, <laughs> I love Tom Cruise. I uh, actually forget I said that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, chemistry tests. 
So what a chemistry test is in rom-coms is they'll have the protagonist, the love interest, uh, do a reading, and sometimes they'll have a make-out to make sure they have chemistry. Uh, and, and like in Call Me By Your Name, they had an army hammer make out with a tiny one for like 10 minutes. And, um, and so I was reading an article about Tom Cruise, and apparently in his contract he said that uh, he has to do a chemistry test with every single person on set before he agrees to do a movie. And I know he probably doesn't make out with everyone, but I like the idea of him making out with all the cameramen and just being like, it's not going to work out, <laughs> you know? It's just something I enjoy. Uh, let's see if I have one more in me. <laughs> uh, I love voicemails. I miss answering machines when, you know, I miss the long, because people don't have as long a answering or voicemail things. Like when you'd call your friend's parents, it'd be like, you know, hi, you've reached the Andersons. This is Pam. I'm married to Barry. We've been married for 10 years not without its issues. Um, my daughter, Pam Jr., lives here. She's a precocious one. Leave a message after the beep. Beep. Okay, thank you. Britta right Jennings, everyone. Beep. Uh, all right, okay, so uh, it's my turn, I guess. Yay, clap for me, yay. Hey, talking about delicious things in your mouth. Uh, Brett was talking there for a second about balls in your mouth, and I always found that very interesting because they weren't on the menu until 2002. I'm very old. I've been having sex for a really long time, and no one ever stuck their balls in my mouth until 2002, and I thought, like, why suddenly did balls just get on the menu, Right? So then I said, let's deal with my issues, all right? I'm hungry. So if you could dip your nutsack in some marshmallow fluff and then roll one ball in chocolate chips and the other ball in graham cracker crumbs. Because if I'm going to have your sweaty nutsack in my mouth, I kind of want it to taste like summer camp. <laughs> S'more dick, please. <laughs> Less balls more dick. Here's another interesting thing about balls in your mouth is that guys have started shaving their nutsack, which is exciting because I found out that the vaginal vestibule, that's the skin that's on the vagina that grows the hair and it's out there. That's almost exactly the same as the scrotum. Now, how many men get Brazilians? None. If you said, oh, are you going to wax your ball sack? They'd be like, are you insane? Why could I ever pull the skin? I shave. But the skin is the same as the vaginal vestibule. So what does it prove once again? That women are strong and, and men are just lazy losers. No, it's fine. It's, I'm never going to shave again. I've decided I'm never wearing a bra again and I'm never going to shave again. Because you all look like you're 26 outside. Uh, I'm really, you 26, obviously. You're like 22. Look at you. Yeah, I could tell. No, it's great. I'm, I don't hate you. I'm jealous of you. Because you can be anything. You get to be non-binary. Yay for you. You get to be non-binary. No, I'm so jealous. I don't mean to be mean about it. I'm really excited that the people that raised you were my people. 
and that they were like, be anything. Because my parents were like, don't be, be anything as long as it's what we want you to be. And then the response was that people like me made people like you, except that I never had kids because that's gross. But so that's great that you're 22, but you get to be non-binary and I'm very, very jealous. Pansexuals, any pansexuals, very jealous of you too. Pansexuals, pansexual. I just came back, I just came back from Greece and I learned that pan means all in Greek or everything. So pansexuals are everything sexual. And back in my day, we used to call that greedy. Like, okay, so I wanted to be non-binary and they're like, that doesn't exist. My first sex dream in 1984, I was 10 years old and I had a dream that I had a dick and I was fucking myself. You can't get much more non-binary than that. I'm the OGNB. Uh, 1984. It didn't even exist. Ha <laughs> ha. I made it up. Didn't know until back time. Okay, my second, my second non-binary moment, I was 11 years old and I was a mediocre girl ballerina. Right? And I'm in class and I'm la la la. And I'm like, I want to be in the front. And the teacher's like, you're fat. And I say, teach me. The boy part, because the two boys in class, oh my God, they sucked. They had like sickled toes, couldn't do a clean double turn, useless. So during the recitals, they'd hire these hot 26-year-old men to like lift 11-year-old girls, because that's not creepy. And so I was like, teach me the boy part. I could be a star. I could do a clean double turn. I'll put on the tights and the thing and let me be a boy. Right? You call me fat anyway. Let me be the boy. And my teacher, Mo, the tiny Russian, she looked at me and she was like, no. Because <laughs> it was 1985 and it didn't exist. <laughs> You're like, oh, you get to be whatever you want to be when you grow up. Oh! I'm the OGNB. I'm sorry. All of my non-binary dreams were thwarted. And now, like, you have no idea of world geography and you, like, eat technology for breakfast. Like, all right, and then, and you can't read cursive. Ah! I can read cursive. I'm a witch. <laughs> Ooh, I can write it too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really excited because the Halloween is coming up, and so like witchcraft gets to be cool again. But it is. It's already gotten cool. Everyone's a witch, right? Who's not a witch? I mean, you look like you're a totally Harry Potter. No offense, but you look like, oh, okay. So yeah, well, you're like, you're totally like me. You're a Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuffle. Are you, you really think so? I was thinking that maybe you were like a Hufflepuffle, Hufflepuff pass. Maybe like not, ha <laughs> ha, see? I feel like you could, you could, wouldn't guard you, you could make like a bong out of something. You'd be like, ha ha. It's like, ah, suddenly everyone's hot. Are you a witch? Do you do tarot cards or tiger's eye? Rad, see, you are a witch. That's rad. You look like the other kind of witch, a feminist. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, feminism is just witchcraft rebranded. That's all. Okay, it's, that's what's happening right now. Fine, we're all going to die. No, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll end in this. I'm trying not to die right now because life's going pretty well. I'm like, yay, life. It's going, don't die. Don't die. Does this ever happen when life is going well and you're like, I'm totally going to get hit by a I've realized everything, everything is perfect. Something's going to kill me from above. You're like looking for blah. Like I've been looking both ways before crossing the street. No jaywalking, none of that. No earbuds, no fucking AirPods, nothing. 
paying attention to the world around me to not die for safety. Like I'm smoking way less pot in the morning before my shower. So like avoid those nasty slip and falls. Like, oh my God, it's so slippery in the shower. My eyes are closed and everything's wet, slippery. 2022, you'd think they'd have the technology for not slippery showers. Anyway, it's mind blowing to me that this is still like a way that I could die. I am so crazy about it. I've removed choking hazards from my house. So like I don't eat stone fruits anymore. No more peaches, no more plums. I No more tiny weird pretzels. No more 26-year-old men. <laughs> Can you imagine I die suffocating on jizz? He says, learn to swallow, Benjamin. And at my funeral, Lauren's there, and she's like, ah, oh, at least Pam died doing what she loved. 26-year-olds. <laughs> As an addendum to that joke, of, co- of course I swallow but I always leave a little bit just for witchcraft. (laughs) Yay. Okay, that's my time. Yay, you're all lovely and amazing. Yay. Were there any other comedians? Are you just people that came and walked by? Okay, did anyone else want to go up? Because we've got time. Oh, uh, oh, tell me your name again. Lorenzo. Everybody put your hands together for Lorenzo. Yay. Before I begin, I actually need some help from the audience, if you don't mind. So, Pam, I don't know what kind of Facebook advertising witchcraft you engaged in, but my mom found out about this, so now my parents are going to be listening to this to make sure, you know, I don't say anything that's going to get me deported. So, before I begin, can we just please kind of reassure them they're listening all the way from South Carolina. Can we give them a warm San Francisco welcome? (laughs) Mom, Dad... Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pursue the American dream. I'm sorry it ended in stand-up. So yeah, let's talk about feminism for a second. Um, so I'm a, I'm a scientist, and at work recently, um, you know, this week, we were having this conversation, and I realized that I used to identify as a feminist. I'm looking at the two of you, don't worry. Um, and I just don't anymore. You know, back when feminism was about man-hating, I was totally on board. But now it's about gender equality, and that is just simply absurd. We all know that men are inferior and women are absolutely superior, right? We were talking about this at work, you know, because we get to look at a lot of this data, you know, because we're in bioinformatics, right? And so we were looking at how across all racial groups, Women are outgraduating men, whether it's at the middle school, high school, or college level, across all racial groups. It got so bad that apparently Berkeley considered creating an affirmative action program to help boys get into college. And then, you know, the local feminist association kind of set the petition on fire, you know, because they were not about to have that on the Berkeley campus. But I think that's the kind of data that just automatically proves, you know, that women just know what they're doing and boys kind of struggle, you know. But it's leading to a situation where now the sex ratio on college campuses is completely distorted. So about only 30% of American men graduate college, over, whereas over 60% of American women graduate college. Can I get a woo for women getting education? Yeah. But you know, a lot of girls simply do not want to date somebody that you know, didn't go to college if they went to college themselves. I mean, one of my female friends was telling me that she went on a date with this plumber, runs his own business, zero debt. And she was like, yeah, the chemistry was there, but you know, he's a plumber, I'm college educated, don't I deserve better? And I, and I told her just you know, the honest truth. 
you have student loan debt. You'd be lucky if you get a plumber that runs his own business so he can pay down those loans for you. You majored in artificial intelligence and history. You're never gonna get a job. Um, yeah, but it's leading to a huge situation where now like a, a, a bunch of girls are having to compete you know, for the attention of like an ever-shrinking pool of available college-educated men. And we all know that men and women compete differently when it comes to you know, getting the attraction of the opposite sex. You know, um, women are not exactly you know, building bridges to impress men you know, into going out with them. Men kind of you know, try to compensate that way. Women, unfortunately, compete you know, in terms of sexual availability. And so my colleagues and I were looking at the data from the sociologists that analyzed all of these colleges across America um, and asked all of these girls to basically upvote what is the answer that most uh, expresses and clarifies the dating scene in your local college. So I'm just going to give you a sense of kind of the spectrum. So Caltech is 80% male, 20% female. And so the most upvoted answer was girls just find a guy and eventually they get engaged before the end of senior year and they get married ever after. Then we have Sarah Lawrence College, which is 75% female, 25% male. The most upvoted answer that describes the dating scene at Sarah Lawrence was guys have golden cock syndrome. That's literally how bad the situation is getting all over college campuses, right? And that's when it hit me. Wait a minute, the way we close the gender gap in education is not by telling high school boys, stay in school, don't be a fool, you know, like the Reagan era. Pam, you remember that, right? Yeah, like that messaging never worked. You know what you can tell a high school boy that will motivate him to persist and in get into college and graduate? Wanna get laid? You better get a degree. Thank you, everybody. Promoting for sapiosexuals all over everywhere. All right. Well, that's our show tonight, everyone. That's exciting. And um, hey, our next show will be tomorrow at 2 o'clock at Atlas Cafe. And then on Monday, Joke Workshop will be back. Uh, stay tuned and uh, keep listening in. And hey, uh, if anybody else is looking for something to do, Lord of the Zings is happening at Knockout until 9. That's more comedy or a sleep bar, they continue until like eight. You'd have to rush over there if you want to get there in time for sleep. Okay, bye, thanks, bye. But I'm last on this, she's so cool. And I'm so ugly, I'd be a fool. But think she could love me. This kind of girl's always out of reach. Women through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? 
Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking, quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government. And it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. And I started to do some thinking. on the freeway and having a really, really good time. Flat black plastic. big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good I am a total Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah, Charlie here. Yeah, I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. 
And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff, talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank needs and volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable
assassins are already dead? A shadowy group of killers for hire is eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Inexplicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only, September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. at six o'clock it's tuesday got a little distracted there because i got a super special guest that might even come in and talk a little bit but um yeah thanks for doing what you got to do this is bug house square meeting you radio going on it's uh i don't think it's supposed to rain today but there is a hurricane down south and it's throwing things up this way maybe today i've got um i've got a shit ton of 45s this is gonna be another 45 show this is where i had a long day of work man it wasn't that long uh but i got a a bunch of records um it was a lady with that was selling a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, I'll tell you about it. Um, 
but it's going to be 45. So, and they're not. This is uh, this is some 20th century uh, activity going on here. We pass the time away, sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little raise. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that, a vigilante man. Vigilante man, why does a vigilante man carry that sword or shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot, shoot his, brother his brother and, and sister, sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
smell.